0: Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we continue our Women Leaders series as we sit down with Bianca Oltoff. Bianca is an entrepreneur, author, podcast host, founder of the non-for-profit ministry In the Name of Love, and together with her husband, Matt pastors the Father's House, Orange County, in California. In this episode, we're getting real about leadership challenges, being chosen by God, and some of the pains of leadership. So buckle up your leadership seatbelts and let's get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Avail podcast, where we talk about the art of leadership. That's our heart. Helping you, walking with you, encouraging you, and resourcing you on your leadership journey. Today we are here with the one and only Bianca Oltoff. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read my notes because there's something very special. She is a Bible teaching, word slanging Mexican who is passionate about raising up a generation of people, passionate about Jesus Christ, my Mexican sister, Bianca Oltoff. How you doing, Bianca? It's good to have you on veil.
1: It's good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, but hold on, because my full name, if we're going to say I'm Mexican, I have to give my whole, like, whole name because Latinas have like 85 names. Do it. My name is Bianca Juarez Oltoff, and I hail from the promised land, a.k.a. California. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. You know, it's funny is I say that I'm gringombiano. (laughs) <laughs> because I was born here in South Florida in the States. My family's from Colombia, so I'm Colombiano, but in Colombia they would say I'm gringo, so I'm gringombiano. <laughs> so I'm with you, girl. I'm with you, Virgilio Sierra. I'm here with you. Uh, uh, Bianca, I love this. We met, at, at, I believe it, it may have been at a conference uh, last yeah. year, connecting yeah. just just you know, together. My wife was me. Your husband was with you. Just being, pastor, being pastoring together is so fun. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to get into this leadership conversation. Okay. And I want all of our AVAIL, you know, audience viewers and listeners to get to know a little bit about who you are. So before we jump into it, who is Bianca juarez Oltoff? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, um, thank you for having me on this, in this conversation. I love being able to talk shop. And anyone who's passionate about Jesus, passionate about leadership, pastor, yeah. passionate about the church, I can just talk shop all day. And so I am a mom. I'm a stepmom to two kids. I am a, a, a pastor and a leader. I have um, an mm-hmm. NGO where we resource the incarcerated called In the Name of Love. I'm also a podcaster and writer, author, speaker, teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so, but my passion, right? now is my husband and I lead a church called The Father's House in Orange County, California. We are three years old. We survived a global pandemic and came out with a building at the end of it. So tell me my God ain't good, you know.
0: (laughs) That's good. God is so good. And, and, you know, I think um, I think it's important to say that. We made, you know, we made it through a very challenging season as yeah. churches, right, as ministries. Yeah. I love this. Um, I, I know at the end of this podcast, which is an, a, another encouragement and I guess a hook for you to stay until the end. Bianca is actually offering a free a, a free PDF for leaders that I think you're going to want. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that in my pocket until a little bit later. <laughs> but but let's talk leadership, Bianca. Especially one of the things here at Avail that we love and believe in is leaders of all of leaders of all cultures, men with leaders, women leaders, young leaders, older leaders, veteran leaders. we love it. We love it. So we're we're actually in our women leaders series and you're part of this series and I love this. And so here's my here's what I want I want to kind of start on just this whole concept that I've read a little bit about some of your devotionals. Sometimes leaders, people in general, but leaders especially feel unqualified. Mm. And can you can you unpack that a little bit? Why is it that so many times people feel unqualified?
1: Yeah. You know, it's so funny. I, I do. I'm going to answer that. But let me first, I just want to address that there's probably someone on the other side of this that's like me. I've never felt unqualified. And for the small margin of people like Pastor Craig Rochelle that eats leadership principles for breakfast, you know, while he's pumping iron and eating his Wheaties. I, I, hey, for those that feel like they, they're walking in their spiritual, supernatural gifting of leadership, yes and amen. Uh, I think that there are a large swath of us who might feel at moments unqualified. Mm -hmm. And I think that's there's a number of factors that could weigh in on that. Some of it is family of origin, um, your background, maybe your lack of education or your lack of financial resource, or maybe it's your birth order. Maybe you're the baby of the family or the middle Mm. child. There's a number of factors that add into why we have reasons why we don't feel qualified to lead. But I think one of the enemy's greatest weapons is harping on and highlighting are what we perceive as inefficiencies. But what I love in the scope of scripture, I'm, I'm a Bible teacher at heart. So bear with me. A lot of my answers are just going to come up straight from the Bible. But I think a lot of the characters that we see in the scope of scripture had every excuse and reason. I don't have a map, a mentor or a social media following. And yet in spite of their lack Uh, God showed up to provide for them in supernatural ways when they stepped out in faith to respond to the call of God upon their life. So I want to resonate with those that feel like they are unqualified or maybe even um, feel ill-equipped. I know that the, one of the characters that I resonate most with in this church planning journey has been Gideon, mm. where the Lord, I'm like hiding and running. And yet the Lord called and called and called and has spoken over me. No, I'm a mighty warrior. And um, Gideon didn't win battles in his own strength. There is always God's super hatch, supernatural hand that was with him. And I think that for us as leaders, um, even on the days that we're killing it, we're slaying it. Our to-do list is done. We've called, color-coded mm-hmm. our notes a sermon is ready the balance the budget is balanced even on those moments i don't want us to forget we rely on a supernatural strength to do what god's called us to do because we're not wrestling with flesh and blood we're wrestling against principalities of darkness and when that is our lens scope and filter then we we, we can't help but be desperate to have the spirit mm-hmm. of god give us what we need when we need it
0: that's good um here's a question here's a question did you grow up in church? You know, uh, is that something you've been in? You know, are you one of the, are you, I'm a PK. I don't know about you, but like, like, mm-hmm. are, did you grow up in church? Did you come to church later in life? How, how long have you been in the context of ministry and leading?
1: Yeah. So um, my dad, I, w- I wasn't saying my dad was, but my dad still is pastoring in East Los Angeles, California. In July, uh, the ministry, we celebrate 30 years of him leading the ministry. Wow. Um, it's in the concrete jungles of East Los Angeles. For people not familiar with East LA, it's AKA the hood, okay? Um, I like to say we were so poor, we couldn't afford the OR. We were just po. you know? So like that's <laughs> ministry life in urban city. So yes, I was raised by two God-faring Christian parents. Um, I love them. I love my upbringing. I just was always a kid that was like, I love ministry and also ministry, I'm just never gonna work for a church. And for every like pastors kid a pastor out there that's hired their kid, I'm gonna throw a little bit of shade. But like nepotism is when you hire your own kid because no one else will, you know, so I always said like I'm never gonna work for the church. And, um, now my husband and I lead a church, but, but my, my sentiment and heart still remains the same. Virgil, do you know, I don't ever want to take a paycheck from the church. Um, I love serving the Lord in whatever way that I feel like, like Paul was a tent maker by trade and, and he received blessings when blessings came, but he still used his hands. I think that that's like my heart and sentiment, probably because I never want to be the pastor's kid or the pastor's wife that like is on payroll. (laughs) Um, but long answer short, yes, I was raised in the church. Um, I swore I would never be in ministry. I would never marry a pastor, and I would never church plant. And God just laughed at all of that. Yeah. And I, because I married the worst type of pastor. I married a missions pastor. Now we're church planting, and I'm pastoring. And so I, now I'm telling God, I will never have a six pack. I'll yeah. never own a mansion. I'll never be a millionaire because all my nevers, God just laughs at. So I'm like, I know how you work now, God. <laughs>
0: yeah. It seems like that's the way He works. Now, now I want to fo- kind of follow up on that. Yeah. And and talking about the whole, you know, how we can struggle sometimes with feeling unqualified on your journey. Can Mm. you share, can you share, you know, were there moments where you struggled, you know, during a season or because of a role or or because of the perspective of the church and leadership and women in leadership? Was there anything like that along your journey?
1: So um, I am a daughter of immigrants. Uh, My dad came to the United States when he was eight years old. And uh, my mom came from Puerto Rico when she was young as well. And as a first generation American, uh, you know, you're already coming in with an add on and different type of baggage. But then Mm -hmm. couple this with the fact that we were living in an urban environment, couple this with the fact that my dad was starting a church and he was working like three to four different jobs just trying to provide for our large family of five at the time, eventually would turn into seven. Mm -hmm. But my parents made a conscious decision to home educate us. And this was before, COVID made homeschooling cool, you know, but prior to that, it was not cool, right? And so I was homeschooled and my I have a twin sister and she and I struggled deeply um, with academics and we couldn't read, write or spell at the age of 12. Couple mm-hmm. this with the fact that we both were morbidly obese. And so it's just like, here are these two inner city, children of immigrants struggling to read, struggling with academics. Living in a low financial bracket, I think statisticians would have put me in a category highest prone to failure. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming with all those add-ons, all those baggage and all the ineptitude that when God began to stir my heart uh, to lead, it, it it just felt like something that I was so ill-equipped to do. Mm-hmm. And so um, by the time I made it into high school, um, I mean, there's, there's it's, it's so layered. because so I went from like really struggling academically to just having a conversation with God. I remember Mm. being nine years old. I was laying in the backyard and I was being made fun of by kids in the community, kids in the area. And I prayed this bold prayer. I said, God, if you give me words, I will give you my voice. Mm. And you have to be careful with the promises that you give God because it went from like struggling academically and being illiterate and all this other stuff to like scoring off the charts in academics. And so I excelled in high school, became a Bill Gates Millennium Scholar. And so it went from one extreme to the other, full dependency on the Lord and desperate for Him to like, oh, knowledge is power and knowledge is my way out of the hood and knowledge is money. Oh, oh, then this is gonna be my route. So I just dove headfirst into Mm. academics. I went to college. I graduated with a 4.0. I went to grad school, graduated with a 4.0. And actually while I was in grad school, um, I was invited to go on a youth summer camp. And I was just like, no way you smell like pickles and onions. Like I am not going to sit in a van and drive to Lake Havasu for a week, hanging out with kids. And um, I, it's a long story. I got, I got voluntold, which means you, they tell you that you volunteered, but you're really just told you have to do it. So I got voluntold and it was a life changing trajectory train changing trip in my life. Mm-hmm. and um, I knew that the Lord was calling me into ministry. And so I did finish grad school, but I wanted to go on and get my PhD, but I just loved serving the Lord so much that I just laid that down, put that aside and began mm-hmm. um, serving my local church. Now, To answer the question of whether or not there was obstacles in that, yes. So I love, love, love my dad, love my spiritual heritage. But I grew up in a church where women were esteemed. I mean, just totally loved and valued, but not empowered. And so I never saw a woman... On platform, I never saw a woman as a pastor. I never saw a woman in executive leadership or planning or anything. And so, I just thought I was just like, "Well, oh, okay, this is this is why." And and there was scriptural. The, I was told that this is why because this is what Paul mm-hmm. says in this one isolated passage, and um and so it it became it was just a very interesting journey for me because I had never saw, and you can't become what you don't see. And, um, it wasn't until I started, I was, I was writing and I was blogging. This is like 10 years ago when blogging was like the thing I was blogging. And, um, and, and then God just started opening up doors. I was leading in the youth ministry. I was leading the women's ministry and starting Bible studies. My mom was just like, why don't you ever attend the women's Bible studies? And I was like, cause it's like women's miseries, not women's ministries. Like all you guys talk about (laughs) is like menopause and kids or something. I just don't want to be a part of that. And she said, okay, well, if that's your thought, then why don't you teach something? And um, I think when millennials are like thrown with the task and a to do, and they're called out, I was like, you know what? You're right. And so I led my very first Bible study when I was twenty. I was twenty six years old, mm-hmm. and that first year we had one hundred and fifty women. And then the next year I did the next six week summer Bible study was three hundred women. Then the next time that I led it, it was five hundred women, and I was just like, oh. Maybe, maybe I, 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 I could do this. Maybe I'm good at this. But I couldn't lead and I couldn't teach in junior high or senior high ministry. And uh, so Lord started opening up doors just in different places. And I, I went to a, a leadership conference and I heard this woman by the name of Christine Kane and the way that she exposited scripture, the way mm. that she manhandled the word of God. I mean, she spoke with such authority. I'm like, is, who is this woman? And long story short, I ended up meeting her six months later and then working for A21 and Propel Women, um, which is Christine Kane's ministries for seven years. And it has just been a wild ride ever since.
0: That's awesome. Christine has been a guest on our Veil podcast. And you're right. I mean, just an amazing leader, communicator, and just so gifted. And I love that. I love hearing in your story. I love hearing in the story when the person has no idea that God has this. But they're just walking, just walking. You're just minding your own business, living your your life. And then, and then you're voluntold uh, (laughs) and God, God will use people, you know, in our journey, you know, to, and we might not get it or like it in the moment, but, but God uses them. And then somehow we fall, we fall into a place, into, into a position, into a role, into influence, which I think is awesome. Can we talk about, can we talk about just, there's something powerful about understanding that we're chosen. Mm. Just just, I mean, just that word mm-hmm. and that concept, being chosen. Can you talk about that, about that a little yeah. bit? Because you you discovered this at a certain point, kind of what you're talking about right now. Like, wait, wait, I can do this. I'm right. good at it. There's fruit. God chose me. Being chosen. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that.
1: Okay. So I um, we're going to talk about that, but I feel like some context is necessary. First of all, I'm an Enneagram seven. So context is my love language. So I'm giving you way more details because I feel like if we get like rote, short, itty bitty answers. It just feels weak and thin and anemic. And I feel like we got to add some, saison, Enjoy the saison, some ride, some flour, some flavor to it, you know? Um, so... Again, because because we just discussed my, my background and not feeling like I was ever enough, I remember being in Sunday school, love the church, love being at church. And I had a Sunday school teacher by the name of Mr. Charles in the fifth and sixth grade. And I would go to Mr. Charles' class. And he, he was one that for, probably first pounded in my heart a love for prayer. And mm. Mr. Charles was uh, a man from the South. He had skin the color of dark chocolate and a voice as smooth as molasses and a... <laughs> (laughs) And his tonality was a sweet, sweet tea. And he made the Bible come alive. And he was such a G. That means like a gangster. He was such a gangster. He took fifth and sixth graders to the book of Exodus. And so as we were going through the Exodus journey, like you have to be legit. You got got to be a Bible teacher if you're going to teach kids the book of Exodus. But he Mm -hmm. took us through the book of Exodus and discuss God's chosen people. And he kept on referring to the Israelites as God's chosen children. And I was obsessed with this concept because I was never the kid that was picked first for kickball or chosen or had a seat saved at church. And so this idea of like being chosen was like insane to me. And so I began to pray big, bold prayers. God, please, please make me a Jew so I can be chosen. And um, this wild concept that I prayed in ignorance as a kid, I come to find out that God does answer prayers in the craziest of ways. Because just last year, my mom took a DNA test through Ancestry.com and it came back that she was Two percent Jewish, and so I turned to my husband and I was like, "Baruch HaBa Hashem, Adonai, <laughs> Maybe I am Jewish. I'm like a little bit Jew, right?" I like and that. So, so <laughs> this concept of chosen is one that will resonate across. It might just because people don't have like my story. There is this concept and desire of, "Will I be enough? Will someone choose me? Do I have a call upon my life? Do I have the the chops, the chutzpah, the ganas to do what God has called me to do?" So, this concept of chosen will resonate no matter our backgrounds. And I think that sometimes... We look at him or her or them and say, oh, they're chosen. That ministry is chosen. But the truth of the matter is, is that God has fashioned us and purposed us for this moment. In this moment in history, he has plucked us out of eternity. He's put us on this earth with a plan and a purpose for our life. And I think the enemy's greatest tactic, what are the enemy's greatest tactic? Is to capitalize on our insecurities, to capitalize on our lack and to make us feel, no, there isn't a special, unique, God-ordained call upon your life. So I think the moment that we start resonating with the idea of like, wait, I am chosen for this. And so, to go off your two questions about this feeling of not feeling qualified, mm-hmm. I will argue to the death that the opposite of unqualified isn't qualified, the opposite of unqualified is chosen. Mm doesn't matter if we don't feel like we have what it takes. If God has chosen us for this specific role, whether it's overseeing a ministry, whether it's overseeing finances, whether it's overseeing a church or overseeing a business or overseeing a family, God has chosen us for this exact task. And if He has chosen us, then He will equip us. Where God guides, He always provides.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, I can't help but think of I can't help but think of an example like Moses, right, where where God is obviously calling him, right, and telling him, "Hey, you you I'm 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 going to have you do some things." And the, and he's asking all these questions like me, you know. He, you yeah. know, "Are you sure?" you know. And I think I think it's easy for us in different seasons and of our journey and in leadership to to sometimes wonder are you sure Lord, you know, are, are you, are you sure you want to use me? I mean, I, I, I don't know how to read well. I, I don't speak right. well. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not the best looking, right? All these things that can yeah. kind of come in, you know, how, what are the best? Well, Virgil, can we just capitalize? You look good. You've got come your on. blue button up. That's like, what my mom, ble- my mom says. And my and highly <laughs> Gracias, Jesus. Gracias, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I got to match. I got to match my guest. All right. So, so, uh, what helped you on your journey? And what do you think helps people to dis like to to accept it, to embrace? Right. I'm chosen. I, 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 I I'm called by God, and if He called me, I, He's going to help me do this.
1: I, again, I feel like I'm defaulting to the word of God constantly, but it's like my background and it's my love. So yeah. um, I, I think that we could say this and we can sing songs about it and we can listen to sermons about it. But until this is deeply ingrained in our DNA, in our heart and our mind, and our soul, and then revisited through the truth in the of God's word, I think it's just something that's going to feel like magnet theology or Pinterest theology or Instagram meme theology, like you're mm. chosen. If that's the case, then it's never going to metabolize into who you are and what you believe. So I, I think that the number one thing is, are you reminding yourself on the daily about what God says about you and then how he equips you and how he's mm. called you? Because we get that when we're in the word of God. and That feels so easy and so like cheap of an answer, but it's the number one thing that I can... I encourage people to do, get in the word of God. The second yep. thing that's really like transformed my life, and I know that people come from different theological backgrounds and our understanding of the spirit of God, the indwelling of the spirit of God. But let me tell you something. I was raised in a Christian church. I My, my first words were probably John 3 16. I got <laughs> baptized at the age of seven. Like I'm a church kid. And I heard about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that resides within us, but it mm-hmm. wasn't until I, I was around twenty five, twenty six that I actually heard the theology of the Spirit of God. And when Paul says this, the same Spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ from the grave, as he says and he writes to the Romans, is alive in us. There was something. It was like this. I had like kind of like a Luther moment. with The scales of my eyes fell off, and I realized mm-hmm. we are walking around half baked. We're walking around like spiritual eores. I'm just surviving whatever the Lord wants. When it's just like, no, pick your head up, child of God. We've been empowered by the spirit of the living God. You right. know, every time I preach this, there's, there's always somebody on, on Instagram or on YouTube or on Facebook that has some comment about that. And I'm like, you could seriously sit here and hate on me over how passionate I am about Christians living a spirit-filled life. And you could be sad and you could be like the pajama muhajadeen sitting behind your computer and just making fun of people. Or we can choose to actually believe that Jesus said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm leaving yeah. you an advocate, a comforter. And the things that I have done, you will do these in greater. I Mm -hmm. want to believe Jesus Christ at his word said, I have that power within me. Because Virgil, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't lead a church. I don't want to in my own flesh. I can't (laughs) write books. I can't write sermons. I can't. I I just, I I can't. The only thing that gets me up in the morning is my sheer love of God and and the conviction. I'm chosen for a purpose. I may not feel qualified, but God calls the unqualified and he will qualify them through the power of his spirit to do what he's asked them to do that is my hope that is my confidence and that is my trust and uh, go back to the word of God every time I'm not feeling it I got to open up the word of God to be like remember who whose you are
0: Whether you're an innovator in ministry, business, or your community, Avail Plus is designed to take you to the next level. What is Avail Plus? It's an exclusive leadership resource that offers access to brand new premium resources like books, study guides, and masterclasses. It's a chance to connect with other leaders on live calls and classes. It's early access to materials no one else has held in their hands. It's the catalyst to your next season of growth, as a leader. To find out more about how you can become a member of Avail Plus, head over to theartofleadership.com forward slash Avail dash plus. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And I I think I I like that you referenced just the importance of the Holy Spirit in that process, in that journey, because, you know, it is, I think one of the things that, that sometimes um, we haven't done as well in churches and church leadership throughout the years is really Really equipping, empowering, and training up our our, our Christians in knowing uh, what their spiritual gifts are. I think I think the percentage yeah. is something like eighty six point five percent of believe, Christian believers that go to church don't are not activating their spiritual gifts. Half of them because they don't even know what their spiritual gifts are. Wow. Another percentage because maybe they they don't want to. They're running like Jonah, right? And yeah. you know, and so I think I think there's something so important in that um, we got to equip and power as we lead Absolutely. and train up people to know to know the Holy spirit, to know the word of God and to know, Hey, there's spiritual giftings that God has put in me. And if I connect, if I connect the dots between my giftings, my passions, you know, my, my personality, you know, you mentioned Enneagram, right. That, that tells a story, you know, there's something, there's something there. Right. So, so I want to, I want to bring something up here. um, And I want to open up this conversation, uh, Bianca, I think. So, so a lot of people are like, no, no, I don't want to pass. I don't want to lead. Right. But then there's a lot of people who are like, I want, I want to be the leader. I want to, Mm-hmm. And church. I want a lot of people that say, I want to do, I want to lead. And I imagine it's probably because leading is so easy, right? People oh, are yeah. so compliant. People are so submissive, obedient, and responsible. And everything always goes as planned. Isn't this true about leadership? It's easy. It's <laughs> totally painless. <it's> <laughs> and people are people are perfect.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what? Okay, so for those that kind of it might be lost on I I wish they could see if the this if they if they're listening on the podcast, they can't see the beautiful sarcasm that's all over your face and any leader that's worth their weight in salt like will know that Ooh. this is absolute sarcasm. So, um yeah, leadership is incredibly hard in fact you, were, you and I were talking about this before we started the podcast that mm-hmm. um leadership pain by Sam Chan has been yes. one of the books where I lovingly say I hate it I hate that book and it's when not, I say it's that good it's that, it's that good. good it's that good in fact um it's we have a, a a leadership training program here at our church at Father's House Orange County and it's called School of Leadership and one of the mandatory readings for School Leadership is leadership pain and we know the language we know the language and we get it it's leadership is not for the faint of heart leadership is incredibly hard and you know what I'm a little leery of people that are like no I I I want to do this I want to I I feel like sometimes those people haven't led yet you know (laughs) now for though, again um leadership is a spiritual a supernatural gifting for some people and so if that's you more power to you I love Mm -hmm. it write a book help us out um (laughs) but leadership definitely is not easy
0: yeah. You know, okay, let's talk about that for a little. let's get let's get real. I think you are, you're just like me. I think we appreciate realness and and, you know, sincerity. Mm-hmm. What's been hard as a leader, you know, in pastoring, you know, pastoring a church, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being and being a leader and, and and by the way, being a leader who who is who's out there you know people know who you who you are because of God God's you know he's he's blessed you he's put some favor on you and you have the opportunity to 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 speak and 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 preach and and rub elbows with some amazing leaders along the journey which which that's awesome but can can we just take a moment here and, and I and I'll be with I'll be I'll be your your real partner here what what's been hard what's been painful what's been hard in leading
1: Yeah. You know what? Let's, um, let's break this up into three different sections. Um, So I would say in ministry right now, um, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, so I won't try to make it time sensitive, but this is what I do know that there is coming out of COVID. Yeah. We're a year removed and all that other stuff, but we are seeing the lingering effects of what has been festering under the hearts and the souls of so many leaders. And right now we're seeing so many good men and women Fall prey to the tactics of the enemy and moral failures. And mm. I think what's been really hard right now is people that I have um, honored and venerated and um, seeing them either walk away from their faith or. Wow have stuff revealed about their lives that was kept secret. And I think that I love I love your, you framing the question of what's been hard because I think in leadership in previous years, we never got a chance to speak about what is hard and what doesn't feel good and where are we struggling? And so I think from um, like a 30,000 foot view of what's hard in leadership, it's seeing generals of the faith, people who have been there a really mm-hmm. long time, Making poor decisions. And it's not just a reflection of their leadership or their church, but it's a reflection of the capital capital C church. And so that's been really hard in this season. I would say um, leadership from a family perspective is mm-hmm. I have two stepkids. I've been in their life since three and five. Um, I like to call myself a smom because stepmom has just really bad negati- negative negative <laughs> competition or a smother, because I am a smotherer as well. Um so I think leadership from a family is we're we're forced to wrestle with are the sacrifices I'm making to lead Mm. others negatively affecting my family? Are they getting the best of me? Are they getting my most time? Are they getting my best time? And so I think that's been hard from a familial standpoint. And then um, leadership from an internal church perspective is, um, you know, there is a lot of pain in leadership. So how do I not grow callous? How do I not grow cold when people betray or lie or walk Mm. away or say, I'm with you heart and soul. And then they're not. Like that, I think coming out of, again, I'm referencing post COVID. Um, this we're recording this in 2022. And I know it's coming out shortly, but I, um, I think the hard part is, is like a restarting of coming back to what we're defining as our normal and seeing the effects of what isolation and pain and stress caused for a lot of people. So those three areas, I would say are like, the hardest in leaning right now it's how do i remain hope-filled how do i remain spirit-filled how do i remain joy-filled and love-filled um in the midst of loss and ache and pain if i'm honest betrayal in some cases yeah so that's been that's been the hardest
0: yeah you know i i i I think it's true i think i like how you broke it down ministry like ministry in general like Overall, family, and then kind of church—you know, internal church. I think, I think leading is leading um, can be hard. There's great victories and great blessings, but it can be hard. It can be hard. It can take. You know, one of the words I think one of the phrases that has been <laughs> has been out and about a lot in this season is soul care. I think, I think mm-hmm. sometimes as pastors we're very aware, and leaders we're very aware of caring for the souls of people. But then the question is, are are we caring for our own souls and who's caring for our souls? And I think, I think as pastors, you know, having spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers, having mentors, having overseers, having um, brothers and sisters that are, that are also with us, Asking us the important yeah. questions, keeping us, uh, keeping us accountable in the process, because it can be, it can be easy to become callous if you've been burnt once or twice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if somebody who you thought, you know, I remember my wife and I, when, when we relaunched our church thinking, man, we have this group of people, they're definitely going to be the ones that are going to push with us and make this happen. And then, and then feeling like, we're pushing, it's like they they got their arms crossed. where you their go? Their Yeah. What happened? <laughs> what happened? And then, uh, and, so, and then people that you didn't expect, you right. know, are, are, show up. Up and, yeah. and like, how do you, and then, and then how do you, how do you not let that offend you, uh, you know, and hurt you not yeah. to mention things that are said, not to mention you know, opinions, right. That can be said when, when you didn't even ask for them. And, and so yeah. this is, this is an important conversation. And I think it's important as leaders to, to, to acknowledge, man, this, yeah. this, this isn't easy. Um, and, and sometimes it can be inconvenient, but again, we're chosen, we're called, right. Right. Yeah, I think one
1: of the things that was super powerful, you talked about is like soul care. And so like, one of the Mm -hmm. things that we instituted in Archer, so my husband's more of like, he's analytical, he is a thinker. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're talking about prophetic personalities, he's a knower. And I'm, I'm I'm very whimsical, I'm a dreamer, I'm an enneagram seven, I'm a feeler for prophetic personalities, right? And so um, as being so analytical and driven as he is, like all of our staff meetings were, hey, where are we at? Let's check in, how did that? And then I just, there was something in my soul that was disquieted and I said, we can't have a bunch of Ottomans that are producing and we're just trusting that they're being filled by God and doing their devotions and all the other stuff. So once a month we started instituting what we called soul care. And that's where I, one of my love languages is like, I love feeding people spiritually and also physically. And so I cook and we gather our entire staff here in our house and we all jam in and we have a meal together and we partake in communion and we celebrate where we've seen God move. And we have honest conversations about how to not burn out and um, how to take care of ourselves, how to hear from God. And so this, this literally I'm thinking about this because on Tuesday we had a soul care night. My husband brought up something fascinating. We talk about like just the culture and the shape of the church, but He said in his generation, he's um, eight years older than I am. He said in his generation, like burnout was not spoken about, about by leaders above him or even in his age, because it was something that was like negative. Like, oh, I didn't want to burn out. And now for this generation, this upcoming generation, whether it's millennials or Gen Z is like, we're wearing burnout. Like it's a badge of honor. Oh, I'm burned out. I'm so burned out. I'm so burned out. I need a break. I need a break. And like... It's almost like the pendulum has swung from like, go hard, feel nothing, you know, move uphill in the snow with one leg and no shoes on completely to the other side where we're expecting leadership to be about balance and my rest. I have all the time to schedule everything and don't ask me to do anything after 5 p.m. on a Monday, you know? And yeah. And so I feel like we need to, when we're talking about like leadership, taking care of ourselves, what are the things that we're seeing at the church? Mm -hmm. I think we need to strike that healthy boundary, a healthy medium, you know, where it's just like, I'm not going to push myself to the place where I'm killing myself, but I'm also going to know, like, hey, ministry is sacrifice. The disciples didn't think about, hey, what does a life of balance look like? It's like, what is we're moving at the speed of the gospel, and so I think it's fascinating as you mentioned soul care and what we're seeing in the church and what what causes tension in leadership. So that's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's good. You know, you know, I think one of the things that really it just uh, one of the things that really grabs my heart, and my wife is really good at helping me see this sometimes. Cause I, I'm, I'm a go, like I'm a, let's go, let's run. And my wife is a, is a, Hey, hold up. Yeah. You know, I can't run I like that, <laughs> that speed all the time. And, and it's important for me. And I think, and I think one of the things my heart goes out to leaders, especially pastors, um, when, and you mentioned it, sometimes we sacrifice so much to lead others at the negative expense of yeah. our own and that that's something that, and that's a burden that later on, if if it hasn't hit you yet, it will hit you hard if you don't pay attention to it. Right. Um, when you see pastors' kids who all of a sudden don't want to go to church, you know, mm-hmm. or don't know if they believe in God, right? All these things, and then you mm-hmm. wonder what happened. And I think it's really important that that we we think about that, and that we don't sacrifice to the extent where it's negatively impacting our home, yeah. you know, and our kids. And I, th- I think that's a, I think it's a pain point for for a lot of pastors and leaders. I think it's important that we're aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, this this has been a, this has been a good conversation, Bianca. We're coming to the final stretch here in a little bit. Um, I want to I want to turn the corner here a little bit. Leadership can be hard and it can be painful, but it can also be energizing, mm-hmm. exciting, mm-hmm. and bring great fulfillment. Yeah. Um, can you share some thoughts about? What's so exci- what's exciting about being a leader in the kingdom? A leader for the Lord.
1: So, um, one of the things that I think is grossly underrated as a leader is that we get a front row seat. We get a front row seat to experiencing and witnessing life transformation, and I think if we, cal- if we calibrate the pain with a th- with The life transformation that's happening through the power of Jesus. And I I also don't want to marginalize any like business owners out there or entrepreneurs because, you know, it's like two pastors talking to each other. So uh, clearly it's going to be like ministry focused, but ministry I know exists outside of the church. And so when we speak about life transformation, I'm not just talking about people raising their hand saying yes to Jesus. I'm Mm -hmm. talking about for the, those working on loan consolidation and somebody qualifying for a house, that's transformation. And Mm -hmm. that's your sacrifice that goes into it. Maybe it's the stay at home mom who has like a side hustle job that's listening right now about like leadership and leaders of pain. It's a front row seat to life transformation. I think um, also, if we take a look at like leadership and view it through the lens of mentoring, if you're leading somebody, you're pouring into their lives and you're developing them. I think some of the things that have been like the beautiful surprises is seeing people who came into, whether it was the NGO that I lead or the church, or even a a conference for prison inmates, they come in one way expecting one thing and then they leave completely different. And I think that that is a testament to like the power of mentoring. It's pouring and depositing into somebody's life and their life is changed because of it. In addition to that, I would say the third thing that is just beautiful about leadership is, what would it look like if the world was different because of our input? what would it look, how would the world be different because of like our leadership and what we're saying yes to. And I think if that is, again, if that calibrates our heart and our mind, then we are able to see like the benefits of leading and the benefits of our sacrifice to lead others, lead others really well.
0: It, the, what you're saying is so true, and I and I'm glad that you mentioned you know marketplace leaders because leadership is happening in the church, around the church, in and the community, do. around the community. Um, you know, but we're, we're, we're Christians, we're believers, and wherever we are, we are called to be light. Yeah. Um. You know, and and I and I love that. I love that that thought and that idea. No, where, no matter what your role is out there, if you're listening, if you're watching this, God has called you for a purpose. There is purpose. There is calling on your life, and He has you where where He wants you. At least in this season, be diligent. Uh, work it out whatever he's called you to do um, man this is great I love talking leadership I love getting real about leadership I, I'm gonna put some music on here I got, some, I got some music on here hold on you hear that A little bit of jazz alright so so Bianca let's go off the cuff here just kind of quick answers off the cuff
1: okay let's go
0: what's the hobby something you do for fun
1: I love to work out I have a peloton bike I go to a gym and I like to box
0: cool and your Peloton, there's not clothes hanging on it? There's
1: No, no, it's actually in my garage. And it's for real. I, made, I made it a goal. Like, I'm going to get a gold medal. That means you have to cycle like 150 miles every month. Come on. And so, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's for real. All right. Here's another question F- favorite, maybe growing up, favorite food, favorite food. You're Mexican. So I, there's. I,
1: I, I mean, my favorite food then, my favorite food now, literally, is chips, salsa, guacamole.
0: Eso, guacamole. But you're Mexican, so I mean, we're talking... I get bofillas, the best of both world, though. Tacos. Because
1: like, at Christmas, we get to have tamales, and then we also get have to have pateles. So I feel like it's the best of both world. I get orange rice, I get yellow rice. I got black beans, I got pino
0: beans. It's que like, rico. yes, yes. <laughs> que rico. Okay, here's here's my next question. I like my this game. Question. Let's go, let's Come go. On, my next question. Um, Who, who are you enjoying hearing preach right now? Who who are you enjoying hearing preach right now?
1: So my Monday morning church, I like to say, is... Um, Pastor Craig Rochelle, Pastor Mike Todd, Pastor Stephen Verdick. I also subscribe to Beth Moore podcast, and hers comes out every week. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, you mean like preaching Christian only, right?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you can say share anything you want to share.
1: Yeah, I would say I would say like those. I, I like Priscilla Shirer, but she she only comes out. She doesn't do like every, like weekly teaching. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like to keep the mix um, diverse, not just with genders, but also backgrounds and ethnicities like and even that. different denominations, too. I love me some Bishop. I also like to my husband's chagrin. I love me some John MacArthur. He would actually be completely opposed to everything that I am and do. But <laughs> he's a phenomenal box teacher. So I take it.
0: That's the beauty of being able to hear. Yes, oh my God. All right. Yes. All right. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. OK. Um, what makes you laugh?
1: Me, okay, so memes on Instagram right now are like my favorite thing. I don't I, I don't want to tell you the accounts because they're pretty irreverent, and I'm I'm afraid someone's gonna like judge me if I say them. <laughs> don't do like,
0: it, don't do there's it. There's these don't two
1: accounts it. that I love. I could just sit there and look at all their images and like laugh historic hysterically.
0: I like that. I like that. All right, all right. What what concerns you as you think about the leadership in the church?
1: I feel like God's hand is ready to release revival, and I'm not sure we as leaders are ready to to contain and and and, and not even to say contain to receive what God got mm. out and so i do think that there's a reckoning i think that there is a cleaning of house there's a filleting of our hearts minds and souls and like i feel like we need to get our lives like get your life get your life together and be prepared um i'm reminded of the widow with elijah who as long as jars were available the oil the oil poured and i just don't think there's a lot of jars available right now so let's get the jars ready because the oil's gonna come and revival's gonna
0: come come on Dr. Sam Chan talks about increasing capacity because the oil stopped because there was no more jars, yeah. right? But if there would have been more jars, the oil would have kept coming. Yeah. That's good. All right. All right. Last two. Last two. Last two. Um if you could if you could preach in any place in the world.
1: Brazil. You did not even have to finish it. Brasil. I think that there, there's, some, there's something in like Latin America, whether it's Argentina or Brazil or <laughs> I don't know, but there's something out there. There is something out there. And I, there is. I would I would love to, but here's the embarrassing part. I can't preach in Spanish mm. because I'm in heresy. So I would need a translator unless the Lord gives the gift of tongues.
0: <laughs> Bianca, I just told Bianca I'm going to pray so she can preach in Spanish. All right. So finishing it off a little bit of a serious note. What breaks your heart? What breaks your heart right now for culture, society, for the world?
1: I feel like we're being drawn and tempted to fall in love with things of this world and not things with an eternal value. And I fall prey to that myself. I think if you take a look at like social media and the things that are really like blowing up. I think it's so easy to look at the sparkly, shiny thing, the life mm-hmm. of an influencer, the life yep. of your opinion and getting paid to market yourself as if you are a commodity. I think there's a danger in that. And that just makes me a little worried. And I also think that that's caused a lot of Christian leaders, um, fall prey to the tactics of the enemy to make a platform unto ourselves. We are becoming the Tower of Babel and we're building this unto ourselves rather than bowing ourselves low, laying prostrate before the Lord and saying, not my will, but your will be done.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's a good word of advice and a word of admonition. We got to be careful. Got to keep our hearts right. Got to keep our eyes on the Lord. Um, this is good. Bianca, this has been fun. I, I, wanna, I want people to be able to connect with you. What are some ways, I mean, I, I know you're on social media. What are the best ways for them to connect with you on, for example, social media uh, and website and all that?
1: Yeah, it's at Bianca Oltoff, um, O-L-T-H-O-F-F. That's mm-hmm. on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, website. Um, our, our, our church name is The Father's House OC. That's T-F-H-O-C.org. If anyone's ever in Southern California or on YouTube, they can catch uh, sermons there live or on demand. And then that the the free DF, as I like to call it, that you mentioned earlier, uh-huh. is 399. And um And it, it actually was just a little passion project. It was a passion project I created when I uh, spoke at Global Leadership Summit. It, and I was like, what's something that I could just give away to people? And um, I take a look at three characters in the Bible, Deborah, Gideon and Paul, and take a look at their life over a 15 day, five day, three mm-hmm. times, three weeks um, type of devo for people. Where it's just questions to help us like process. What does leadership look like when we feel unqualified or when we feel unchosen? So I
0: love That's that. good. I, you guys can access that by going to BiancaOltoff.com forward slash leadership biancaoltoff.com forward slash leadership. I have have that PDF. I love it. It's a 15-day kind of guide and you can use it as Devo if you want. I I kind of printed out a version here. Oh, look at you. That's right. Hey, I got to be ready. (laughs) Hey, you want resources in your hands because when you're a Christian leader, you want to be well-resourced. Speaking of that, uh, Bianca, we have the Avail Journal. This is our leadership magazine. It comes out quarterly. Um, Probably... As far as I'm concerned, one of the best leaders, Christian leadership m- magazines out there, Dr. Sam Chan and Martin Van Tilburg, the founders of Avail, uh, they, they're doing a special thing. They want everybody to be able to claim a free annual subscription, free, free 99, 99. Just, like, just like Bianca's free DF. Uh, <laughs> if you're not, if you are listening to us right now and, and you have not accessed your free subscription for one year of the avail journal, I want to encourage you to get. So is it important, Bianca, to have resources as a leader?
1: 100%, 100%. Sometimes we feel like we're wandering alone and we don't have a guide. And like these resources can really, when placing our hands could be really encouraging at the right moment. It's like a right word at the right time.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Let's leave a final nugget, just something from your heart for for the leaders who are connected on this podcast. What do you want to leave on everybody's hearts?
1: I think one of the under-resourced gifts that we get to have is the gift of resilience and tenacity and grit. So my final imparting words to anyone out there, whether they are an excited leader or a reluctant leader or a weary leader, is don't give up. Mm. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. You will fail. You will falter. You will fumble in life, but get yourself back up. Proverbs says that the righteous may fall seven times, but they get up eight. And I feel like that is uh, uh, something that we need to remind leaders, especially coming out of a really hard season. Don't quit. Touch, yeah. Dust yourself off and get back up.
0: Yeah, be resilient. That's awesome. Hey, Bianca, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chan, Martin Van Tilburg, the whole Avail family we just want to thank you we honor you we bless your life we thank god for you your ministry your family and what god is doing in your life and in your church it's you're a great blessing
1: thank you it's been an honor to be
0: here <laughs> hey everybody i got my music here to finish things off we have been here with bianca old i hope you've been encouraged by the way that free pdf Oltoff.com forward slash leadership She is the Bible teaching Mexican. I love that. That's That's a fun thing. Hey, stay connected here at Avail for leadership resources. We want to help you in the art of leadership. Take a look at the Avail journal if you haven't done so. Connect to the podcast every week. We love you all. Thanks for connecting with us. And we'll see you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Bianca Oltoff. You can connect with Bianca on social media and by going to biancaoltoff.com. For her free leadership guide PDF, go to biancaoltoff.com forward slash leadership. And for more leadership resources from Avail, check us out at theartofleadership.com. Make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.